feel it coming in the air yeah. And the screams from everywhere yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair Can't be scared when it goes down Got a problem, tell me Stop. now Only thing that's on my mind Is who going this town tonight What's going on everyone? Welcome back to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Radio Show I am in studio. This is Jimmy Lachey, Kwame Lasseter. He is out for the day. He should be calling in. Uh, he had family issues that had happened with him, I guess, late last night, early this morning, um, sending out a blessing to him, and I hope everything gets straightened up. But, you know, he, he told me this morning everything's good and that uh, he will call in today. Um, so he will be out of studio. We'll be waiting on his phone call. But, you know, other than that, it is Friday, uh, Friday being, I say, the best day of the week, almost. Well, only bad part is that I can't come in to the radio, you know, uh, Saturday and Sunday. But it's the beginning of the weekend. Um, my work doesn't stop. Uh, neither does, I guess you could say, most individuals. But it is Friday, TGIF. Uh, everybody go out and enjoy your weekend. But make sure you tune in and catch up to a lot of sports. There is a lot of games, big-time games coming up this weekend, especially – of course, in the football world. Um, also, uh, it was a golf tournament that started on Thursday, yesterday. Uh, the McGlarity Classic and some of the leaders um, that's in first place from yesterday is Brendan DeJong. De he is he shot uh, six under par yesterday, which is a great start um, to any tournament, shooting that, shooting that type of number, shooting that type of score. Um, to start off your day on a Thursday, but... The big-time golfers, you know, they start off t on Friday. Some of those guys tee off later on this afternoon. So it's a it's a great deal to be a front, to be the front-runner um, in a classic, uh, like the McGlarity classic that you opposed in the PGA Tour. And so that has kicked off as well. Other than that, we do have a big uh, MLB game tonight, the World Series game number three between Kansas City Royals and, of course, the San Francisco Giants. Uh, the series is tied 1-1. The series moves into the Bay Area out in San Francisco, which Kansas City is now on the road. We'll see how they bounce back with their young unit, uh, with the young rotation, pitching rotation, and batting lineup as well. Um, Kansas City, they're a big young team. They finally get to display. Um, they finally get to play at the big stage, you know, like we talked about before this week. We were a bit nervous about the Royals, uh, if they're going to live up to all the hype, which there has been a lot of hype around them. And thus far, you know, they they, they handled it pretty well. They haven't been to the playoffs or World Series in 29 years, since 1985. And now they're back in it. They're in the World Series, and they have a tough young group of talent surrounding them. And they're winning these games. They won, you know, through the playoffs as a team. Now they ran to the experience, almost you could say dynasty. If the Giants can win out this series, they run to a very experienced unit uh, with the Giants. And now, with the series being tied one to one, with Kansas City losing Game One to the Giants and overcoming Game One issues and accomplishing their goal and winning Game Number Two at home, series is tied now one one. Moves on to San Francisco, so that puts a little. Puts a little sugar on top of this uh, this game three. I think game three is the most important game. 
out of any seven game series, no matter baseball, basketball, whatever sport that there is in a seven game series like this, game three is the most important. It's either San Francisco, they can win this game three and game four at home, and they'll be up three to one with only one game more to win. Or Kansas City, they could come out in game three and win, set the tone at 2-1, and they could take a loss on the road because they know that they're going back home and they could close out the series. by, Or they can get a, a bigger up lead to go maybe go 3-2, 3-1, maybe a 3-1 series, just depending on how this young unit pulls together. I really don't see um, the Royals winning, possibly winning this matchup. I think it's a lot going on. It's a lot of expectations for them to win on the road with a young team. Um, it's going to be a hostile environment, of course, going out to San Francisco. Um, stadium's always rocking out there in the Bay Area, so that's going to be one game to tune into. I think it's the most important game, like I said. We do have Kwame on the line. Kwame, what's going on, man? How you doing? Hello? Okay, we must have lost this connection, but... No, I'm here. Can you okay. hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. What's going on, man? Oh, Happy Friday to you. Happy Friday to you. Yeah, I'm Friday. I'm in the hospital uh, oh. with my son. Yeah. No. That's never that's never good news to be in the hospital on a Friday, but it's, you know, it's also good news that you know you're taking care of your business. He, he's getting taken care of. And... Hello, Kwame? Ah, we must have lost them, but um, even, like I was stating before, even with the Giants, you know, being at home with an experienced baseball team, they got a chance to go up 3-1, and you got to take that experience over, uh, over you know, a non-experienced young baseball team that's never been in the World Series, whose city and town itself never been there. The manager, of course, he, he's new to this. Uh, the whole team is new, but at the same time, that has its advantage as well. It's just that we've never been here before, so it really doesn't matter. It's as a, it, it doesn't matter as much, I guess you could say, for a San Francisco team who really knows, who really cares, who really understands the concept, I guess you could say, better than the Royals. The Royals are like, hey, we're having fun, we're young, we're swinging the bat, let's see what happens. And I love that mentality. That can win you ball games. That can sneak up on guys who are thinking about this game way too much. And I think in the Game 3 standpoint, um, the Royals, they're, they're going to struggle here on the road. They're going to be in a whole other environment. Um, the San Francisco, the, the, it's hard to win up there in the Bay Area. I know that they're going to have the wind blowing. The wind will push the ball out the stadium if you get a good, if you get a good pitch and a good a good hit upon the ball. It hits the the the, the, the sweet spot of the barrel. I, I will always say, if he hits that sweet spot, it can take off. Um, just ask Barry Bonds. Um, he had numerous home runs over in the Bay in the water issues. So I will be tuning in to this game. The game starts at 8.07 p.m. I will be tuning in. Hopefully I'm picking the Royals. I'm still riding with the Royals, but I think they're going to take this game three loss. It's going to be a tough one to bounce back. But, you know, they're on the road the first game. Also, last night there was also a Thursday night football game, of course, in the NFL. It was between a great AFC West divisional rivalry. San Diego Chargers were visiting the Denver Broncos. The game started off, you know, pretty pretty much kind of slow. Um, but Peyton Manning got into his rhythm, got into his rhythm quick, especially around the second quarter, third quarter. They took off 
and got up 28-7. But at that time, I knew the game wasn't over. I knew Phillip Rivers, he always, you, you cannot never knock Phillip Rivers out. I mean, with that talent around him, even with so many injuries upon the defense and offense right now with the Chargers, Phillip Rivers knows how to find a way to either keep his nose, and find it, keep that team in the game, or you, you just can't, you can't never just think that the game is over. Even when they go up 21 points, even Denver goes up 21 points in the second quarter in the first half, you, you always know that Phillip Rivers is going to find a way to get the job done, to make a comeback happen, to make it a game once again. So, Kwame, we got you back. Uh, I just want to hear your perspective. You know, what, what was your bright spots, I guess you could say, through, you know, the San Diego Chargers and the Denver Broncos game last night? First of all, more importantly, yeah, I have uh, Oliver, the running back, on my fantasy, and he couldn't do anything because the San Diego defense thinks uh, – I thought it was a – it could have turned out to be a pretty good game. Yeah. But you cannot go back and forth with Peyton Manning if you have no defense on the uh, opponent team. Opponent uh, team. Phil Rivers did everything he could, but that defense that he had last night that went into Denver, Mount High, just wasn't enough to sustain or keep Peyton Manning from the second quarter to the end of the game keep him out of the end zone. Mayweather Sanders hit an awesome game. Uh, he challenged everyone. You think, you look at the Denver Broncos and you say, every week somebody's going to have multiple touchdowns in that receiving core. And then the running back, they somehow found the running game because the pass opens up all that. So my thing was, Philip Rivers was trying to do too much later on in the game because I really think he had to. Yeah. He had no defensive help. But I think he's still one of the elites. I think he, I think San Diego Chargers will be okay because that game could be different in San Diego when they play again. And I knew it would be kind of tough for San Diego with all the injuries. But San Diego having injuries is not Denver's fault. Everybody plays hurt. Everybody plays short-handed sometimes. Just got to find a way to get it done. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. Like you know, next time they play at San Diego, it's going to be a whole totally different ball game. But at the same time, I think the Chargers need to find that identity again. Uh, they did have injuries after week one against Arizona when they came and played uh, at Phoenix Stadium. They had injuries um, after that game. But they found their identity quick. The next man stepped in, stepped up, and they were winning games. And now they got two losses in, in a divisional play. So that kind of right. that, that kind of puts them behind an eight ball like pretty tough because Kansas City they're they're getting better and the Broncos are just they're, they're just that out they're, they're running out front right now they're, and they're running fast they're I think they're the best team in football right now over the Dallas uh, Cowboys but yeah you can't have it's hard to have injuries with your defense playing against a different Broncos offense led by Peyton Manning. No, I agree with you one hundred percent. I thought that game the Kansas City game was uh was one they should have lost and that would have kept them right in the thick of things. But as you mentioned they lost two divisional games, Kansas City being one and last night to the Denver Broncos. I think they'll find a way to bounce back. They have that type of uh and and Pagano, uh when I was in San Diego Pagano was there. So I think they'll be okay uh bouncing back defense wise. They just gotta be more disciplined in what they try to do. Yeah I- I think they will. I hope they will bounce back. Right now, they do got a tough, uh, tough list schedule to come up, and it's hard to win. You know, two games in one week. I guess you could say Sunday to Sunday to Thursday. 
you're playing against two divisional teams with a lot of injuries to your defense, and also you lose your number one cornerback to a concussion issue on the Sunday. And I think that had a big part in it because now your so-called number two corner or maybe your boundary corner has to go over, play the field side, goes, goes against Demarius Thomas the whole game. This is your number two guy. Then your number three guy has to go against uh, your number two receiver, which – uh, against the Denver Broncos, which Emmanuel Sanders just took advantage of. I mean, he had a field day on that guy. And, you know, he's yeah. not using your typical starter, your typical system. So going against a Peyton Manning-led team, he's going to find that that button because you got to worry about your Julius Thomas. you got to double-team Julius Thomas, Demarius Thomas. you got to look out for Wes Welker in the slot. And then now, now what do you have for Emmanuel Sanders? So it's kind of like pick your poison. And right. that, Emmanuel the, Sanders was that. very difficult yeah. to uh, – defend those guys, you look, as you mentioned, you look across the board, who we going to defend? My problem is, and I think uh, you noticed it a lot too, with secondary. So what are you supposed to be doing other than guarding a receiver? Do your job. There's a lot of guys trying to be superstars and heroes when it doesn't cost, it doesn't take that much. Yeah. Why would you, how could you get burnt? You're 33 yards out, 31 yards out. <laughs> What are you doing looking in the backfield? You can't tackle. There's a lot of DBs that cannot tackle, so I don't know why they're looking in the backfield like they're going to make the, the greatest play ever, the greatest tackling play ever. And then you let a guy like Emmanuel Sanders get behind you. All he needs is one step. And Peyton Manning, we talk about his surgery, his arm strength. But you yeah. don't need arm strength. You can let the ball go early. If you got an idiot looking in the backfield and your receiver got one step on him, just let the ball go. And it looks like Peyton Manning still has that strength in his arm. But in the accuracy that he has, he still has the accuracy. But when you can get Peyton Manning into a fourth quarter game where he has to throw a lot, and he's been doing that for two years, so it doesn't look like anything wrong, but you have mishaps from a defense standpoint, there's no discipline. So Peyton Manning is Peyton Manning, as we know him. Yeah. And, you know, like, like I said, that comes with the lack of experience, I think, by throwing your number three, number four guy out there. He's going to keep it. It's a reason why he's in that, that position on the depth chart because obviously he lacks some of the discipline issues that a brain of flowers would bring. Even the rookie Jason Verrett, I mean, I think he has great technique, but um, he's out with an injury as well. So they're down to, you know, some guys who wasn't expected to play this early, I think, or at least not play um, on the outside so much and have to go against, you know, guys like Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. I mean, that puts fear upon your defense, I think, as a defensive coordinator. Like, it kind of makes you worry throughout the game. But I think they held their own. They only held – they held Denver to 35 points. I think Denver could have scored 40, 50 points if they wanted to. If, if they had – they easily could have scored 45-50, but they obtained as much as they could. And a lot of that came from Phillip Rivers trying to move the ball on the offensive end, especially in the second half. Um, but in a previous game, yeah. the San Diego Chargers, Denver Broncos, there, there was no more than 30 points scored in those games. I think uh, I think Denver, there's going to be a different matchup. And when you talk about these guys in third and fourth, I see, I was – I. I hear what you're saying. I hear it loud and clear, too. Mm. But I was a fifth guy. I was a fourth guy, third guy, second and first guy. That's why I think the Cardinals do a great job of not making excuses. But I think their starters, the Cardinals starters in that secondary should play a lot better. But I thought they've done a great job up to this point, sitting 5-1. and one, or, Yeah, 5-1. and one, Not making any mistakes about their injuries or their off-the-field issues 
it was just the next guy stepped up and Thomas played well. Now, they played some pretty good teams. They lost to uh, Denver, another dynamic team who I would put one ahead of Dallas, uh, the way they've been playing up to this point uh, during the season. But I also believe in you here for a reason. Step up and play some ball. If you want to be a number two guy or off the field, then that's, you keep playing the way you play and looking in the backfield, not being disciplined, not taking uh, ownership in your craft and trying to be the best. Nobody wants to be number two. I don't think anybody say I'm the number two receiver or I'm the number two DB and this is where I'm comfortable. I know there are some people scared of success. I know that's for a fact. But yeah. when you're in a big game like that, this is the time to make your mark. You got a, you got a chance. Flowers is out. I just think that guys got to play a lot better than they are. Yeah, and it really doesn't help with Phillip Rivers turning the ball over twice and not having a run game because that defense is out there for a very longevity of time, especially with Peyton Man. He's going to use up that clock. Uh, they had uh, Ronnie Hillman, I think is what, is that their number two, number three back? He had he started yesterday. He was the actual starter, and he ran over 100 yards yesterday. So, oh, I mean, it was, yeah, it, it's hard to win games like that. Uh when you turn over the ball and you can't establish any run for the San Diego Chargers, that's not Chargers football. Hopefully they can bounce back. But we're going to take a quick break. After the break, you know, we're going to stick with the NFL, maybe talk about the Broncos even more, seeing, you know, do you believe in front-runner football? Are they front-runners or are they going to seal the deal at the end of the day? Uh, you listen to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show, and we'll be back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Welcome back to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. It is Friday. Uh... Big heavy weekend um, in the football world. Uh, like I was said it earlier, um, there is a golf tournament, a golf classic that uh, has kicked off. The McGlarity Classic kicked off uh, Thursday, and uh, a lot of guys are about to start teeing off here sometime soon uh, in the next couple of hours as well. 
But going along with uh, the game last night, you know, the Denver Broncos uh, winning another game. I believe this is, what, four in a row, three in a row, ever since they took that tough loss to Seattle, which they almost won. They almost came back and won that game. And now Denver is still sitting up top. They're still sitting up number one in the AFC right now by themselves in the AFC West. Uh, I think they. I don't think they're going to lose a game in the AFC West. Uh, I say this because I think they have the up. They're, they're going to get bigger. They're going to get better and stronger by the next time they see San Diego and KC. Um, I know both of their next games will be on the road. I believe against Kansas City and at San Diego, but I think they have the chemistry right now. It's it's incredible uh, offensively and defensively. I was worried about the defense overall. Uh, going into the season and the last few weeks. But the defense, they're getting better. They're learning how to play with one another with a lot of new free agents, new guys. And the offense is just is tearing it up. I mean, just seeing that defense last night dancing on the sideline with Tlaib and Von Miller, you see, you know, your, your best players, you know, having a good time, having a great time, like, on the sideline dancing. And just, you know, they're feeling more comfortable about one another. Uh, but at the same time, does this put them as a front runner? Do you think they're – they're dancing too early. You think they're dancing too much to uh or it's not gonna be a good outcome like last season and get embarrassed again. I think Denver is that team. Offensively, you look at uh you mentioned a key, Bob Miller, you mentioned aware, some of those guys stepped up who've been in that program, who've been in that organization for a while. Guys are emerging uh that's been there for two or three years is making plays. You see about two interceptions that they had, the Denver Broncos had yesterday. Are they dancing too early? I believe so. Because I think they're loose to San Diego Chargers in San Diego. I think they're loose to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and I say that because when you get into the divisional games, right. and, and we watch the Denver Broncos just blow everybody out, blow teams away, and it's over by the third quarter. And we also watch teams come back on Denver but still lose the game. So these guys can learn not to relax because of the great lead they have or because Peyton Manning is the quarterback. So that could happen. Human nature, we got Peyton Manning, we're going to be okay. We got the top power offense, we're going to be okay. I think they'll lose two more games. And I, I believe they'll be San Diego Chargers in Kansas City. I know San Diego Chargers won for sure, but I think Denver Broncos will lose two more games before their quest to the uh, AFC Championship games to get into the Super Bowl. Well, I know it's still early. It's still a lot of football left. But like you were saying, you think they, they probably are going to take about two more losses in the regular season. But at the same time, do you see this team getting back to the Super Bowl? Is it too early to talk? It is pretty early. still a lot of football left. Now, I, I don't condone. I don't like having front runners out right now. And considering they're all their Super Bowl favorites, they're going. There's nobody else that can touch them. I don't see that. Last time I seen that was 2007 with the New England Patriots when they almost went undefeated. Now, that team, I believe that, okay, these boys are ready. Like, they were untouchable. They went to a Super Bowl and lost to the Giants. But I think I don't, I, don't, I don't see Denver really going through the playoffs the way that they think they are going to, I believe so. I, don't, I think they are a front-runner team right now. I believe they are. The front runner team, when you when you when you, when you mention front runner, the team that comes to mind are the Dallas Cowboys. Of course, now, I said I was going to root for the Dallas Cowboys because of what they've been doing, and Tony Romo is no longer have to, or he no longer has to 
try to make extraordinary plays that go the other way to their demise. Uh, the front running part, I'm looking across the AFC, and I see Denver as that team to get to, to represent again in the Super Bowl. And I don't see that dominant NFC team, if you will, like the standing Seattle Seahawks were last year. But who was the Seattle Seahawks? We just said nobody beat them defensively because all they have to do is put up 17 points and the game is over. And you look at what happened to them last year, but now they've taken a step back. They've lost two games, and we no longer think Seattle is what they are. I think Seattle is still that team. They just got to find their way. It's great, in my opinion, to have a little adversity during the season if you're if you're a dominant team or has been known as a dominant team because then you rally back like quicker than other teams do. I think the Denver Broncos, but what I see right now, if we... If we have to pick a, a Super Bowl team that's going to be there now, to me it's the Denver Broncos out of the AFC, and I would be hard pressed to find that team in the NFC. Yeah, well, yeah, in the NFC it's really not as clear as day as the AFC, of course. But it seems in the AFC that's coming for Denver. You know, Baltimore they're getting better. Baltimore is coming. Joe Flacco game is developing. I mean, he was throwing, he been throwing games over 300, 300 uh, yards a game, and he had a game what five touchdown passes. You wasn't the last yeah. time you ever thought about even that coming out of Flacco. I mean, never like and and, and Ray Lewis is not there. So exactly, that's, that's all to speak. Yeah, and then you know, New England teams like New England, Indianapolis, and you can't never count out the Chargers or the Chiefs. These teams are yeah. coming for Denver. I think I think New England is too beatable. Uh, they you, played a team last week, and that's interesting. They played the Jets, and the yeah. Jets gave them. If the Jets had any talent on that team on our offensive side of the football, they would have beat New England. Because they got in the red zone too many times to come away with three points. You can't beat a team that's used to winning and a New England Patriots just by getting three points. I don't know if it's the amount of talent at, at, at New York. I, I think they do have the talent. I think it's just the cohesiveness, the understanding of, okay, we've gotten this far. Now we got to get the hunger and get that, you know, that ambition to get into the end zone. We can't settle for field goals. We're not going to win games with field goals or Geno Smith getting sacked on third down, third and longs, and four, making fourth downs longer when you get out of field goal range. I think they right. do have that talent on the offensive end. They just don't have that ambition, that inside hunger, the way you look at Denver, like up and down. Julius Thomas, Demarius Thomas, those weapons, those guys are hungry to get in the end zone. They don't like going down after getting uh, one guy trying to tackle them. You see them breaking off one tackle and, like, where's the next guy at? You know, they have that ambition. And I think same thing with New England. Once they get in that red zone, uh, you throw the ball to Gronkowski, it's, it's, it's tough. It's hammer and nails trying to pull that guy down. Like, yeah, he's, no, he's I tough. agree. Um, but uh, there's a, there is a team, now that I think about it, as you were talking. Yeah. The Green Bay Packers has emerged. They have, oh, they've my been goodness. On a, they've been on a run. Yeah, they what? They won four or five in a row? After, after, after uh, the court of Aaron Rodgers said, calm down and relax. Yeah, after he said relax, people. After he yeah, came out to the world to relax. I mean, they and just... He's been, on a, he's been on a nice little run. And I like and I like them. I wish their running game was a more consistent. But I think it's coming along as the season moves forward. I think the, uh, Aaron Rodgers has... Is something, and, and a lot of times, you know, we talk. It's opinionated based thing. We, we talk about what we see from the outside. We're not in the locker room. Oh, That's no. what drives me crazy about a lot of conversations on sports radio or sports talk. Right. That we, we, unless you got an inside scoop, 
they're not in the locker room. We don't know those guys' passion. Now, we can talk about their passion because we've had it and played with it. Right. So it's easier for us to do. But you're not in the locker room. You don't know the cohesiveness. We talk about the New York Jets, and we don't think you mentioned they have talent. I think they just, we talk more about the coaching staff of the New York Jets than the players, and you never give Gino a chance, or you didn't, you didn't do enough. The coaching staff and the organization, Izzo, you didn't do enough to put people around him when you're $20 million, $21 million under the cap. But I, I think if you if you get an inside group or inside insider on what's what, having not playing a game or not doing your research, then that'll help you out. But if you just, again, it's all opinionated based, but if you just talk it, we don't know the passion of a lot of these guys and how they want to perform as, as a group because of just because you win one game on the first game of the season or you lose that game, people after two games of the football season say, oh, that's the Super Bowl team right there. They don't even know how long this season is. Right. This season is long. Things, adversity, injuries, uh, a lot of personal problems, a lot of things like that comes into play. But you see your team in the first week of the season, first two weeks of the season, be 1-1, one 0-2, one, oh or 2-2, and two or 2-0. Two and oh. And you say, well, that's the Super Bowl team. Right. Right there. Yeah. So my next question to you, Kwame. So you see these, uh, you, you see these, I don't want to call them front runners. These teams having great success right now. You know, the question that always pops up is, you know, are, are, they, are they the real deal? Are they really a 6-1 and one team? Are they really a 5-1 and one team? Are they really that elite level this season, elite level football team that's going to lead these guys to the playoffs? You know, for Denver Broncos, I don't think that question is not even a question. It's it's already a statement. These guys are that team. They are the real deal. Their schedule that they had thus far, they had Seattle, the Chargers, the Colts. These guys played some top, the top teams in each division thus far this season, or what with Seattle's uh, lack thereof. And they also played the Arizona Cardinals, gave the Cardinals their first loss, who is number one in the AFC West. So I think... With the Denver Broncos, that's not even a question. But these other one-loss teams, Philadelphia Eagles, the big game this weekend at the Arizona Cardinals here in Arizona. Uh, who's the real deal out of these two teams? Like, who who you think is the front runner, or who you think is the real deal? Like, okay, th- th- that's not even a question for us. Out of these one-loss I, I teams believe, like Dallas, I believe and, the Denver Broncos, Denver Broncos is a real deal team. I think uh, they've been battle tested. If you watch, and I, and I mentioned, there were some teams that was coming back to coming back on them late in a game, but they put so many points up, and only human nature allows those guys to relax. But when you when we looked at the Seattle Seahawks last year, those guys never relaxed. They right. never relaxed because, and, and granted, they had some close games, but they found a way to win those games. They had a scared Seattle Seahawks had a scare last year in Tampa Bay when Tampa Bay was up by twenty, and they had to come back and win that game. This year's front runners. Um, you, you look at the Denver Broncos, you look at uh, Dallas Cowboys, and between those two teams, I would say Dallas Cowboys may be a front runner because <laughs> the Denver Broncos and their schedule have been battle-tested. Now we get into the bulk of the schedule, the thickness of the schedule. The Arizona oh, yeah. Cardinals 5-1. Oh, yeah. Well, the Arizona Cardinals got a test coming up. They got the Philadelphia Eagles, and right after that game, they have the Dallas Cowboys on, at, in, in Texas. Oof. Later on in their, in their season, their last three games were against Seattle, San Fran, and the St. Louis Rams, some divisional opponents. So 
if they can if they can win the bulk of this this stretch of games they have in the next five games, I think the Arizona Cards will be okay. I think they'll be fine. I think the Denver Broncos has been battle tested, so that's the team I still see as representing the AFC. Uh, Denver Broncos and the San Diego Chargers will come down to those two teams, depending on what happens in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, I like the Green Bay Packers because when everybody was panicking, who wasn't in that locker room, right. uh, everybody except the team, they went on a nice little run of three games, three or four games, three games, and now they're sitting in the, in the driver's seat of the NFC North with the Detroit Lions, the Chicago Bears, uh, the Minnesota Vikings. So it looks like Green Bay will come out of that conference and, and maybe represent a uh, playoff home team, represent at home during the playoffs uh, for about at least two games. But as far as the front runners, I, I, I think right now I see that it's Dallas because they're going to find a way to mess it up and that's what Dallas do. Yeah, I think Dallas, they're, they're going to find a way. Philadelphia, they're going to find a way. Um, I don't, But Chip Kelly got that offense, you know, looking pretty stacked. But they can't run the football. LaShawn, Shady McCoy, and Darren Sproles, that excite, I ain't seen that excitement um, happen this year just yet. Uh, the way you beat the Eagles, you know, you stopped the run, of course. And you elect them to go to their passing game. Well, their passing game has been stepping up, and they've been winning ball games, leading them to being five and one. So once they get maybe a decent amount of running game, does this make them even more elite? Does it make them even more better? I don't think so. I don't think you can really trust Nick Foles over a whole season because, like you said, right now it's that bulk of the season. Right now, it's that time of the year where that weather's going to change up there in Philadelphia in the NFC East, where you're going to be playing in that cold weather where you're going to have to rely on the run game. Yeah, you could come out here in Phoenix Stadium, play in the Dome, throw the ball around, uh, go with your no-huddle, quick offense plays. But once you go back to the NFC Divisional games and you got Dallas and Washington and games, uh, I think they play. I think they have Green Bay on the schedule as well. So, you know, that, that weather does change. That, uh, what I have noticed about Philadelphia is they had no huddle. They still – taking time. So it's not that quick. You remember when they first came and Michael Vick was the first guy who ran up for Chip Kelly uh, and they ran about a million plays in that game? Yeah. Well, it's not, it's not the same offense. It's not the same uh, fast-paced offense that it was then, but it, they are faster than uh, others. But what they're doing is they're taking their time at the line. So when you think no huddle, they're still taking their time and using the clock but they're just lining up at the line of scrimmage in their formations, and then Nick is calling the plays. You made a comment about they not being able to run. That's the one thing they have to be able to do great because I don't put a lot of stock into Nick Foles and mm-hmm. him winning games by throwing the ball around. And it must get cold all across the board. And if you can't run the football, then you're not going to be in a lot of the games. I think the Cardinals have a great chance of uh, making the Philadelphia Eagles one-dimensional. But I say that at the same time, knowing that the Cardinals, what I thought would be the strength, it probably still is the strength. They just haven't played well consistently together all year with the secondary of the Arizona Cardinals. So if you can stop the run, and Kaleas Campbell will be back this game, if you can stop the run of the Philadelphia Eagles and you can make the throw, then here's a battle for the uh, Arizona Cardinals secondary. And now they must step up. When you're talking about Antonio Camardi, you're talking about Shot Johnson, Dale Buchanan, uh, right. Jefferson, Jeffrey. You're talking about Patrick Peterson, Taiwan Matthews, 
they they go on dime package, they go on nickel package. They ain't that bought it any other package they are the base package that they have. Yeah. So you have to be able to stop the run when you can bring a Dale Buchanan who's a linebacker, strong safety type guy if you want to stop the run. That's yeah. your nickel package. You can bring him or your dollar package. You can bring him in as an outside linebacker to stop the run and still have skill set in the back end as far as if you're concerned about the pass with the Arizona Cardinals trying to stop the field. Yeah. And I think this is going to be Dayon's Buchanan's coming out party, honestly, this week. Uh, because with that, that dollar package that they do throw him in there at their backer, he's been flourishing at it all season. And even with this game, you're going to have to go with that nickel dollar package because how Chip Kelly runs his offense, runs his no huddle. Yeah, it's at a pace where it's controllable, but he he makes sure he spreads out the guys. So that dollar package is going to look exceptional against this Philadelphia Eagles. This is going to be a great matchup with that offense against uh, the way the Cardinals, you know, display their defense. They're, they don't have the heavy – they don't have to put in the heavy units of the defense uh, necessarily – on preview game plan, who knows? Philadelphia might come out two tight end sets, 12 package, whatever, and that's going to cause uh, Dayon Buchanan not to play as much. But with him, I think this is going to be his coming out party. He's going to be got a chance to smack LaShawn McCoy, Darren Sproles, one-on-one, even when they go out for the little flare routes. Dayon Buchanan is going to be right there in their face. He's good at cover. I, I, honestly, I didn't think his cover skills were as good as uh, the way he covered running backs coming out the backfield. He, he's exceptional at that. Um, I, I know one, one of the things they're yeah. going to have to uh, – well, you know, uh, Darren Sproles is coming off a, a slight MCL. It happened three weeks ago for one of those games uh, with a game after that. So he's had time to probably get that a little bit healthy. I'm not sure what's his status for this, this weekend's game. Uh, because of the MCL, but I know he had a bad yeah. week. He had time to rest it, and and Shady McCoy was a little niche up, but I'm sure he will play because we're going to take him for that team to even make sense. Philadelphia Eagles even make sense, even flying out here to Arizona to try to beat the Arizona Cardinals. And you look at the what they're doing offense on the Arizona Cardinals side of the football. They've been playing well. They've been stripping the ball well. Carson Palmer coming off that injury for the first game of the season against the San Diego Chargers. He's been playing well, uh, and that's why. He, He's in talks right now over the contract extension or being the quarterback here for the next two to three years. Uh, but they're going to have to, the Philadelphia Eagles defense will have to contend with the Arizona Cardinals offense. Ellison is running the ball well. I yeah. believe he had a total of 160 yards out of the backfield uh, with 30, 30 carries. You have right. to run the football to establish anything, and then everything starts at the line of scrimmage. And I think those guys are stepping up a tad bit. Well, that, that offensive line is. Uh, it's uh, anchored by Lyle Spencer line of center. I think they'll come out here. I think they'll get it done this weekend. I'm just Philadelphia Eagles. We like what we like. We like who we like. When you look at the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles and what they've done with Chip Kelly's yeah. offense, you say that could be a problem. But these right. guys have to line up. You know just what as I do. You have to line up and play that game. You have to line up and not make those mistakes, not turn the ball over. You have to line up and, and go through the adversity in a game. And you got – 13 to 15 series to do that. Exactly. Hey, we're going to take a quick break here. Coming up, we're going to talk more about uh, this matchup this weekend uh, with other matchups along with NCAA football games. Uh, we listen to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We'll be back.
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. What does success mean to you? Is it being just like the person on the other side of the fence where the grass is supposedly greener? We harbor too many feelings of envy and suppressed anger targeted at others, and it's holding us back from our success. Tune in to Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. Just by listening, you'll be empowered to make positive lifestyle changes to live the successful life that you deserve to live. Wealthy Thoughts can be heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Because it's Friday, you ain't got no job, and you ain't got shit to do. Welcome back to the Kwame Lashley Sports Talk Show. We're not going to waste any more time. This is our last segment for today. Uh, Demi Lachey, I'm here in studio. We got Kwame Lasseter on the line. I'm on uh, I'm at I'm at the stadium. Yeah, he's at the stadium. Nah, I'm, at, I'm, at <laughs> I'm at the hospital, man. Phoenix is the hospital where my son is. He, uh, you know, that's why we battle and fight this. Have this quest to cure for sickle cell. That's why I try to get everybody to be bone marrow donors, uh, whether that be sickle cell cancer. So I try to get everybody involved. That's what I do. What I do uh, because I'm sitting here in this hospital again. I just. It's, it's happened too frequently now. As, as the kids get older, you know, yeah. start start happening too frequently. Too many too many visits to the hospital. And got to educate some of these doctors. These doctors think as the kids get older, they just want more meds. They want they want more drugs. Mm-hmm. But if you've been a part of the kid from growing up and treating these, treating these kids and have record and database and all that, mm-hmm. you know that's not the case. So you got to educate doctors and nurses as well when you're going through certain things. Uh, absolutely because i i mean i i dislike when doctors try to tell me about things that i've done in my past with some of the illnesses that i've had so it's like i I had asthma so doctors would try to tell me about certain stuff and i'm like well he doesn't really know you know he really doesn't know me so you got to educate them back of like what you've been through and what meds and history that you've been through so they don't you know just buy or give you certain meds that you don't need to be taking so I, I don't believe that. it a lot. Of, uh, yeah. I say this while I'm standing in the parking lot of the hospital because I couldn't be in there because my phone kept shutting off. Right. But I don't believe in a lot of doctors. All they do is read a, they read a book and say, you know why you sit in the waiting room? You go to the hospital, you sit in the waiting room, they get your vitals and all that stuff and ask you questions and they put it on the doctor. He goes and read a book like, okay, he has this, this, this. This is what he or she says he has. So let me look mm-hmm. in this book and see what, what can be treated to that. They are, they're not passionate about their job. They got a job for status. A lot of these doctors get in their position for status. They're not passionate about what they have anymore. So they just read a book to say, well, this might cure that. Or right. this, this might cure these two things here. 
I don't really believe it because it's not. It, there's no more passion for the medicine. Right. And you can't. And with the HIPAA law, you can't do a whole lot of things. If you don't have insurance, they're not even trying to see you anyway. They'll let you die. All right. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with that, man. They, you definitely need to educate them more and just get on the same page. Like a book can't tell you everything, you know. You can't no. judge a book by its cover. So no. you definitely you gotta, can't. You gotta be, you gotta be in it for the right reason. Exactly. Uh, going back into you know NFL talk, uh, some big games this weekend. Uh, some of the games that if you want to, you we can run through them real quick. Uh, some big games that stand out. Um, of course, the Chargers and the Broncos last night with Broncos being on top. But the Ravens and the Bengals, great divisional game. Uh, the Bengals are at home. Bengals fell off. Did they? That's what I was about to ask you, front man. Because that's the that's true definition of a front runner, man. Like, now they got to bounce back. And we're going to see the adversity that what Marvin Lewis has in this team. They still believe in Marvin Lewis's talk. You know, he's he been there for so long. It's, it comes a point in time where it's just like, okay, uh, coach, we're not getting your plan. We're not understanding this. I know they've been out with their big uh, time wide receiver Green. all pro. Yeah, A.J. Green. But how, how else are you going to – you got to find ways to win ball games, And they got a chance to bounce back at home, but the Ravens are rolling. I don't – Joe Flacco is going to go in there and dominate uh, that defense, that quote-unquote all pro defense. Um, it's not looking as well as it did last season, earlier, earlier this season. So, I man, think, I watched the Step Bernard up last yeah. game, a two knockout hit, uh, and uh, Andy Dalton, he set him up twice, and this is just <laughs> little passes out the backfield. Yeah, it looked like the exact same play, but they were, they were like the identical plays. They were different plays. The way she set him up, and he come out the backfield, a swing pass, cornerbacks knocked him out, linebackers hitting him. You got a you got a good running back in Bernard, and I don't think he's used properly. I don't know who's calling the plays over there. I don't know why we we, we talk about the Cincinnati Bengals and they got enough talent over there. They got more than enough talent to be better than they are. And that's some stuff happening in football games and during the season that we know mm-hmm. uh, you're surprised about. And you're like, oh wow, how does this team be six and one, or why is this team two and four? It, that stuff happens. But when we talk about the Cincinnati Bengals, we automatically give them so much praise and credit for things they haven't even done yet. They can't even get it out of the field with that with caliber of players they have, and they have that team to probably represent the AFC North. Yeah. And so uh, along with that, they do have Pittsburgh Steelers coming for them. Pittsburgh keep winning these ugly games. Uh, they do have the Steelers coming for them, and you don't know what you're going to get out of Cleveland Browns, so – they're three and three. Um, the Bengals are three and two with one tie, and the the Pittsburgh Steelers are four and three. So you got to look out for the Steelers in that division, and of course, uh, Baltimore. They're leading that division, but going along with the Steelers winning these ugly games, they host the Indianapolis Colts this weekend, and that is a mid afternoon game on Sunday. I think that's possibly the game of the week. They arguably one of the games of the week. Uh, Steelers, Which they've one? been rolling. Game? Yeah, they host the Indianapolis Colts. Colts will beat your head in. I don't know, man. They, like the Steelers I are at like home. Colts, Colts like always struggle in, in in San Diego or in Pittsburgh. They always. No, struggle. I like the Steelers in their demeanor and what the Steelers stand for, but I don't think they have those players over there anymore. I think Steelers is time for their revamp. It's time for them to revamp who they are again. And that, and you know what? 
people don't understand. I could have so much passion for the Pittsburgh Steelers team and get so frustrated when they lose. Right. They don't know changes in time. You have to go through those things and you have to revamp your whole team. You have to be able to have a factory and bring those third and fourth and fifth rounders out in there and let them sit. Because that's the, that's the model of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They drafted mid-rounds and, and come up with superstars but they keep those guys in their program and they find a way to win games. Uh, they find a way to win ugly games. They find a way to be that dominant team. But now I think it's time for them to drop the first rounders with that skill set and, and keep those guys in the program. But it's hard to do that with free agency. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I think they can pull in top free agents. They got to who, – who wouldn't want to put on a Steelers jersey at the end of, a Steelers jersey at the end of the day? But to go along with that – that Steelers team, like you said, like that that offense, they ain't been the same since Bruce Arians was the offense coordinator there. Ben Roethlisberger right. ain't been the same Ben Roethlisberger since. And so I was with um, I, when I say I was with Bruce Arians, uh, we was watching the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers game, mm-hmm. and who were they playing? They were playing the Houston Texans. We were sitting at the bowling alley. I was doing something there on the corner. This was uh, a couple of days ago. Yeah, we yeah. were sitting right there by the bowling alley, and then we started talking about golf. Uh, but I, I saw him looking at it like same concern you had when you made your comment. Like, what happened to that Pittsburgh team? And that's just validation for who Bruce Arians is here at the Arizona Cardinals, the great decision they made to bring him in. Um, that's just validation for his uh, his expertise and his knowledge of offensive and quarterbacks. He was in, he was also in, we watched what he did in Indianapolis. This guy took uh, that team in Indianapolis and took him as far as he could before they end up losing that last game. But he is he is that guy to change over teams, to talk over teams from or get them over the humps and that's exactly what Arizona Cardinals needed in the Pittsburgh Aaronson. And but you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers that we were talking about, they don't look the same offensively. Yeah. And I think this is either going to make or break the Steelers season. Uh, even though with Bengals playing bad football right now, I think it's still the picture of making the AFC playoffs is going to be dim, especially for the AFC North Conference. Uh, it's either going to make or break them this season with this home game. I think Indianapolis is going to win it. It's just too much weapons on the offensive end. And Andrew Luck, you know, he's been balling out or whatnot. Well, it's a lot of make or break games this weekend, uh, this Sunday, especially for like Seattle Seahawks. They're going to, into Carolina. And the Chicago Bears, they're going into New England. And even those home teams like Carolina and New England, these are going to make or break their seasons. These games, these type of games where you got guys who – you got organizations who are not playing their best football, but you know they have the talent to do so. They have the experience to do so. Uh, yeah. I mean, but they're leading, they're winning their division right now. They, they're leading the Saints. Even though with Saints hosting a Sunday night football against the Green Bay Packers, that's going to make or break their season. So it's gonna break. Yeah, this 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 is, <laughs> this is right here. This is a game for the Saints, and, and you told, we talked about the Green Bay Packers and what they've done since the relax comment. We talked about who they are, and what, how their team is. Uh, now he's distributing ball more. Even though I thought Jordy Nelson was getting the ball too much, but you got uh, you also got uh, Randall Cobb over there, who's who's making its way. I wish the Green Bay Packers would throw more to tight end, um, just to balance up their offense. Well, they can't throw to the tight end if he can't catch. He had like four, three, three, four drops last week. You cannot lose confidence in a guy on the field, and then he lose oh. confidence in himself, and it's all over. Next thing you know, he's in Safeway bagging up brushes. The uh, <laughs> the um, New Orleans Saints, 
as you were saying, this is their make or break game right here for the rest of their season. Yeah. And maybe for a lot of implications on who's going to be there next year. But they they got a they got a hot Green Bay team coming in to the yeah. to the Superdome or uh, down there in New Orleans and you know that that place is gonna be rocking. It's Sunday Night Football, national television. It's gonna be jumping down there in New Orleans. So, well, you look at the, the Green Bay the Green Bay Packers are not scared of the spotlight. But nah. you always we always talk about how the New Orleans how they so better in the dome. Right. Well, you have to be able to play anywhere, but in the dome, as you as you mentioned, they're gonna be going crazy out there as far as what they're trying to get done. With the rest of their season. Yeah, and New Orleans fans, they, they understand where they're at. They know they can still win this division the way Carolina is playing boo-boo water and the way Cam Newton has just declined back to his uh, days when he got drafted, when he was questionable about being elite or just being an uh, average quarterback. He's looking pretty average Cam right Newton. now. He thinks he's just playing college still. He's still playing around. He's, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't see no serious. And I'm, I'm outside looking at him. I'm outside looking at him. Yeah, well, but at the same time, you've been in there before. You've been in those locker rooms. You, you've you seen, you know how the teams cooperate whatnot. You know how the chemistry mm-hmm. is. You can tell by the time you look at that game on Sunday and when the game is over, you see the body languages out in that field of sidelines. You know what's going on in the locker rooms. You can picture it. You ain't got to, you know, you know more than, better than the average fan. So with that, you got Seattle coming in to your locker, to your territory. To your so-called sanctuary of your home field, Cam Newton better figure out a way. He better figure out a way quick. And it's on him. He throws too high. I can't believe he's, there's nobody over there that really cares about him. Because there was, if there's a quarterback coach over there, we can stop throwing all those high balls. Yeah, you don't want to do one that. Receiver that could be dynamic. Number thirteen. I can't think of his name, but that guy could be dynamic. Yeah, Kelvin Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin. He's a rookie. He's he, he's young. But yeah, like you said, you can't throw the ball high, man. You got Richard Sherman and Earl Thomas coming to your coming to your town. Throw the ball high if you want to. It'll be about two or three picks this game. And I, I benched them already in my fantasy. I got Shannon Hill uh playing Cam Newton's the reason why I lost. Yeah. Well my managerial skills wasn't good, but he should have overcome that but he did. Yeah. Another testimonial game I guess you'd say is the Redskins and Cowboys. Cowboys gonna dominate this game, they're gonna be at home. Uh, hopefully, if Murray's, you always got to think about his injury uh, status. Uh, he he's been pretty healthy this year. He's been known to have injury prone, but uh, hopefully, you know you, he's going to get the ball twenty five plus times. You already know he's going to touch the ball that many times. If his health permits him from uh, not getting injured, and his health like pushes him to the end of this game, they're going to win the game by single-handedly, they're going to dominate this game. Cole McCoy, I think he's going to have good numbers. It's his first game starting. He's going to have good numbers against that Dallas defense. I'm not sold on the Dallas defense thus far. Uh, a lot of that defense has been hiding because of the success from DeMarco Murray. He not only has to change the game for the Dallas Cowboys, but for the defense, their offense, the whole town, Dallas fans, Cowboy Nation. Thank you, you, DeMarco Murray. And it's going to be another week of him getting a lot of carries against that Washington Weak run defense, and we have about a minute left. I think the Dallas Cowboys had a great chance to be exposed because you made a great point on DeMarco Mara. DeMarco Mara is running the football, which means the Dallas Cowboys has been controlling the clock. So their defense haven't had a chance. And and, and in controlling that clock, they've been putting up points. So now that changes how you call your defense because you can sit back and teams are playing behind the eight ball, so they have to make some plays or do something that they normally wouldn't do. Just get in the game or stay in the game. 
Right. That's why their defense haven't been exposed yet. But I think it will come play on time or come down the rest of the stretch of the season. They will get exposed. All right. And, you know, we got a few seconds left of the show. Uh, today, kind of a football Friday type deal. Any college games that stand out to you real quick that you're going to tune into maybe on Saturday? Michigan, Michigan State games will be a great one. Uh, i like to see uh, what Ole Miss. I'm, I'm watching pretty much uh, ASU definitely, oh, USA yeah. definitely. Uh, I want to see what the top ten teams doing outside of the top ten. I just mentioned USA and ASU, what they're doing out here in the Pac-12. I will keep my eyes closely on those games because yeah. the implications of where we are, where they're going to be in these playoff runs, this bull crap playoff run that they have set up for these college students who put everything out on the field or on the fly for the NCAA. <laughs> All right. I got you on that one, man. Who you got for the Eagles Cardinals real quick, man? Cardinals. All right. You heard it here. Uh, listen to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you all Monday. Have a great weekend. Peace out. for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.